This road to Osaka series is powered by Mizuno. Hear from Reese Edwards, Rachel McGuinness, and Julian Spence, and other top Australian marathoners in their push to the Osaka Marathon on February 25. And two of those, three of those are here right now with Reese and Rachel. Welcome back, episode three. Hi, good to be back. Cheers for having me again, mate. You guys fired up, fired up for this week. Absolutely. Always fired up, mate. First day back at work, ready to rumble. Oh, same with you, Rachel. First day back. Yeah, first day back tomorrow. So, yeah. Mm. We're going to go. um, we're gonna chat about your work because I don't think we've actually gone into it too much because it's probably mm-hmm. a little more um, interesting than Reese's work, I'd say. Anyway. <laughs> we'll have to put it out to the punters, but I'm more interested in your work than his work. <laughs> But, however, we do have a guest with us tonight for the first um, time on this series. We're going to bring along another Australian who is running Osaka Marathon. Um, And we're going to go to her early while we've got all the energy to pay her the uh, respect she deserves. Here we have Tara Palm. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Joining us from South Australia. Stalwart of the um, running community over there. Thank you. Yeah, joining from Adelaide. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Ready um, for soccer as well. Yeah, like so many Australians are. It's amazing. Like <laughs> over here, every second person seems to be training for Osaka and. And um, is it like that in Adelaide? Are heaps of people going there? Um, not heaps of people, but I feel like it might be. When I did Berlin last year, there were a lot of like Australians in Berlin, and I sort of went out for a jog the day before the race, and you know, bumped into people who I knew from training in the tea garden in Berlin. And maybe it'll be a bit like that in Osaka. We'll all be, yeah, just hearing Australian accents all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, from um, my perspective, like I just hear a lot of people entered the lottery when it first came out and everyone seemed to have got gotten a spot uh especially in melbourne like a lot of melbourne people seem to have entered uh and then uh, did you go through the lottery or have you are you an elite starter i got an elite start <laughs> kudos yeah nice yeah um reese you're an elite starter i believe so i actually haven't had anything confirmed yet oh really Rachel, did you get an email? Oh, you got Mizuno hooked you up. I think Mizuno said they'd organise it, but I haven't had anything since. But I was told that we get an elite start and drinks and everything. Yeah, that's. I just got an email saying, you know, elite start is confirmed and there'll be yeah. eight drinks and bring your own bottles and that was if there'll be a meeting or something. That was that was about it. Yeah. But I was relieved to get the email because I was like, okay, I'll book my flights now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few people holding off on that. Um, did you get the email from Mari? I think so. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head, but I, that sounds right. Mari, I think she used to organise the fields for Biwa, Reese. so you, you would have spoken to her in the past. Yeah, lovely woman. Yeah. Yeah, so um, funny, you should probably chase that up because everyone that I know who applied for that, like, sub-elite has been emailed already. Yeah. Oh, so imagine that. Imagine if we didn't even have starts. That'd be great. Oh, wait. No, you, Mizuno's hooked you up too, right? So, yeah, actually, yeah. you're obviously fine. Sorry, that's my bad. Um, Tara, you are a pretty distinguished 
runner over there in Adelaide. I'm going to run through some um, stats about you, if you don't mind. You've represented sure. Australia mm-hmm. twice at World Cross Country. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's a big deal. And I think Australia only realised how big of a deal that is since we hosted it this year and we, we got to look at it up front. Yeah, it was a tough, tough team to make this year in Bathurst. And, yeah, that was that was brilliant. Um, I didn't get to go, unfortunately, but I watched the live stream and just looked like the weather and everything, so much action. It was great to watch. Yeah. Is that something that you're going to chase again, trying to um, make a team? I would have liked to, but the trials are five days after Osaka Marathon, so that's not a backup that I'm going to be attempting to do. So I probably yeah. won't. I pro- Yeah, I probably won't go. It's not on my plan yeah but if yeah. it was if the trials were at a different day the trials were like two weeks before or three or four more weeks after then i would probably go for it yep. have you heard of this uh theory called super compensation you might surprise yourself you might surprise yourself. <laughs> i actually i tried i did berlin marathon last year and i did riga world half championships the week after and there was no surprises. My legs felt like lead <laughs> trying yeah, to race the week after a marathon. So yeah, it's only a theory. <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> I mean, it, it, some people, I, I did because I mean, when I did Berlin, I knew I was going to do regular week after. I actually like spoke to a few people who like backed up. I said, you know, what what advice do you have for me for like you know doing two big races a week in a row? And some people can pull it off really well, and I think I pulled it off half respectably and did as well as I could. But it's tough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who um who did you go to? I'm interested. Um, oh, Liam Adams races a lot. I asked him. Um, I know I asked Lisa because she did um the like Osaka last year and then she did Tokyo the week after, which mm. she still ran I think two thirty or something the week after, and she gave me a bit of advice on maybe getting in like water and just moving your legs around in a pool kind of thing. And everyone seemed to say keep moving. <laughs> In the oh, week yeah. in between. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know who does it well? That Japanese Yuki Kawachi. Yes. Yes, that's very true. Maybe I'll You should have shot into his DMs, I reckon. Didn't think of that one. I was doing all these like silly searches, like, you know, how to speed recovery and I don't know. Or take you to the peptide websites. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Didn't didn't go didn't go down there. (laughs) Um, Para, you've you've been ranked in the top hundred for the year in three different events at a certain point. Did you know that? Uh, I I hadn't really thought about it, but I have. Yeah, I'm aware of my profile, so. Guess that's a that's pretty being... big thing. Top 100 in the world in, I think it was the uh, 10K on the track. Probably, uh, maybe the 5K is perhaps, I'm not sure. <laughs> I reckon it was 5K, maybe 10K on the um, road. At, like, um, So just as like a heads up, this is anyone in the world, like all the Kenyans, all the Ethiopians. Um, Tara obviously, and I'm... No, no offense, Tara, but you probably ran early enough in the year. Where yeah, you got absolutely. A good, yeah, where you got exactly. a uh, a yeah. time in the top one hundred, and that's pretty impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, certainly. But we'll I'll take it if it's the first one in the year. Like, 
take it while you can. Yeah. And often that is because, you know, we come into our, like with track, we come into our summer in January and they're not necessarily racing track yet. So if you can have a good run at, you know, nationals and races leading up to nationals, you can, yeah. World Athletics saves Before it, I get knocked down, yeah. <laughs> they save it and they highlight it and it's a pretty cool thing to have on your profile. Yeah, but you, you are um, a really credentialed runner actually and perhaps the best race of yours uh like the marathon is 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 up there it might be the 10k but i think the marathon 233 that you ran at berlin last year that's um that's sensational because outside of this current batch of australian marathon that 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 gets you on a team nearly every year yeah thank you i berlin really meant a lot to me i um i've wanted to run a like that was my kind of um <laughs> that was my first like competitive like marathon I did Adelaide marathon twice before that but sort of as a training effort I really wanted to do a proper marathon much earlier but I kept on getting injured or and then COVID happened and we couldn't get to the races so just like I just was so happy before the race even started just to be in Berlin and be healthy on the start line and have the opportunity to put a 233 on the board and then I finished and kind of was like I want to do another one <laughs> yeah yeah. What um, like that day before, feeling those positive sort of vibes, like that that really helps during the race, doesn't it? To have that it type does. of energy going yeah. into an event. I think like when the training's kind of gone well and you manage to like so often I've been on start lines and I'm carrying niggles and things like that. And when you're on a start line and you you're healthy, your training's gone well, and you know all the start lines you haven't made it to. Like it's yeah, it's just a it's you're still very nervous, but you, it's it's a, it's a good feeling because it's just special to be there and special to be part of it. Yeah, and that what that what is Berlin. the hype hype hype? Yeah, I was about to say what's the hype like Berlin? Everyone says it's the best marathon in the world. Is it just like the energy around the streets the days before? Is it just like electric? Like how how is the hype? It felt electric. I guess I'm not a very experienced marathon runner, so like I've only Berlin and I've done the Adelaide Marathon here twice, but the uh, the atmosphere, I felt like it was electric and I know a lot of people from the club that I ran for were there running as well and I was, for, I was really fortunate. I did Berlin Half earlier in April and through doing the Berlin Half, they um, offered me a elite start, which not having a marathon time on the board, um, that was like a bit of a sort of little bit maybe maybe a little bit of a favor them giving me an elite start so being able to I just felt like being able to start on the front line knowing there's all those I don't know how many will say 30,000 I don't know the numbers but just thousands and thousands of people you know lining the street behind you it, that just felt pretty electric to me mm. and the crowds are pretty deep the whole way mm. and um I remember thinking at about the 10 mile mark or so you go over a little bridge and that's the hill for the whole race. Yeah. And and I, I just I couldn't fathom how flat the the road was and, yeah, and it, how it's crazy so flat. it is. Yeah. I yeah. almost it was where I was around that 230 mark, it was so thick the whole way. I kind of like I felt relieved when I got little patches of the road to myself because I was like, I can just focus on staying on that like the blue line they paint on the road. Like mm. it was just really thick with sort of, you know, like good like male runners around me, which was great. Yeah. So good. Um, so now Osaka's coming up and you're on Strava, so we get to see you, <laughs> see all your training and you've you've ripped a big workout over the weekend. 
Was it Saturday? Yeah, last last Friday. I don't quite Friday. put I don't put all my runs on Strava. I have it set to private, and I don't quite release all of them. But oh, like should we ri- should we yeah, rip like- in this? <laughs> you can you can rip it if you want. I don't I don't really mind. I think. So well, what's your reason? But what, what runs are you I'm hiding? Gonna, I'm hiding um, the ones I do from home because I have like a little um, privacy zone around my home, so like yeah. you don't really see the map anyway. Um, mm. And but there's there's not always even sometimes I hide my track ones because my GPS goes stupid on the track and yeah. it'll say like a two fifty, which I'm clearly like not running. But like I don't want people to be. But I am you know running times that I'm not running. I look at my watch when I'm on the track, not my not my yeah. GPS. And sometimes it's there's no reason. It's just I feel like it or I don't feel like it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just tell us about this workout though. <laughs> anyway, tell us the workout. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was it was a good workout. Um, I kind of have probably only really been in my what I'd call marathon training for four weeks now. December was a little bit lighter. Um, and Friday was the sort of workouts leading up to this one have been just probably been my first full marathon workout. So I did. It was 30k total. I did started with 5k steady, so it was meant to be at four minute to four or five pace, but it ended up all being a bit under four minute k pace. And then 5k at what is I hope a gold marathon pace. So that was um 330 to 335, and I probably hit the hit the lower range of that. Um, repeated it three times, so 30k total um, at West Beach, which is um there's a lovely I actually get zero elevation on it. Um, a lovely flat. 5.1k loop <laughs> wow so that's yeah. 5k float 5k marathon pace yes <laughs> yeah how do and it yeah how do the floats feel there because that's a long float but um yeah it's the first one felt like a like you know you just in your head you're like no oh, i've got a big workout but not go too fast but then by the um the last float it actually i felt like i was holding i guess after going faster i felt like i was really holding back on the float it felt all right I sort of I just wanted to um I my last marathon workout I did like a four by 5k and I thought I might do this one just adding in a bit more volume so you get that like fatigue in the legs before doing the doing the efforts Mm -hmm. so are you coaching yourself yeah yeah I um I I mean I sort of yeah I do most of my coaching by myself so um I've had um Lindsay Flanagan's been here since November, so I've been um, fortunate to join in with her um, on Tuesday track sessions. So I've kind of just jumped into her workouts, and um, but for the Friday one and the yeah the days the other days yeah I sort of coach myself, but I have like my partner who's a runner as well, PJ Bosch, and we sort of just talk about workouts a bit. And I'm yeah fortunate that he really understands and supports like my running and was there on the bike with the bike with me on on Friday, which um, for those really big ones, just having someone on the bike helps a lot. And I set up a little drink table as well. And it was good. The lap was 5K, so I could only get the drinks every 5K. So that was good practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, so Lindsay Flanagan in town, she's a US athlete. She's training for the trials? Yeah, she's a US athlete. So she came ninth at World Champs in Budapest. She was um, the wow. first athlete home for USA. So yeah, she's a She's a real professional runner. Um, she won Gold Coast in 22. She's coached by Benita. Um, so the mm-hmm. trials are the first Saturday in February. So I guess they're um, two and a they're two three weeks. weeks before, three weeks before Osaka. Yeah, two weeks now. So she yeah. flies home. Um, well, she's not flying home, actually. She's from Boulder, but she's flying to Orlando mm. on Wednesday. And I've, 
it's been really good for me having her here to train with because I feel it's kind of like, you know, tennis partners, when they hit with someone better, they start hitting a little bit harder kind of thing. And for me, seeing how like professional she is and how hard she trains has probably helped me to lift mm. some of my workouts a bit. Mm-hmm. She full-time professional? Like yeah, she's career, a full-time professional, yeah. yeah. So she's um mm. got a ASICS contract and, yeah, she's a full professional runner. She does a mm. bit of online coaching as well, yeah. Because oh, yeah. they're expecting the US trials are meant to be hot, aren't they? Yeah, so that's <laughs> when I've been when I've been I've been doing um training with her on Tuesdays and doing um like my midweek long run with her on Wednesdays as well. And she see everyone seems to ask her, "Why did you come to Adelaide?" <laughs> um, so my next I think, question, <laughs> which is not, I mean, I you should have her on here to answer for you, but um, but, um I mean, I'm biased. I love Adelaide, but um, it's it, it can be hot in Orlando. So um, and she she's from Chicago, but she lives in Boulder, and Boulder the other day was minus twenty three degrees. So. Um, yeah, like imagine trying to do a workout in that. Um, so uh, whereas um, Orlando can get quite hot, so it can fluctuate a bit in the temperature and just like I've been checking the weather there for the upcoming two weeks. I feel like sort of excited for a trial race and they can get up to 30 degrees there and it's going to be close to 40 here in Adelaide tomorrow, which is too hot. But um, yeah, it's good, good, good heat conditioning for her here. And um, I guess being coached by Benita was probably like main reason she chose to come to Australia and Adelaide's got um I think it's got good um road and training venues so yeah well has she not has she not heard of Melbourne yeah that's what I was about to say (laughs) you'll have to ask you'll have to ask her I think I think Adelaide's a is is a great spot and um the weather's probably more yeah the weather's probably more unpredictable here we haven't really had much hot weather this week yeah, we've had a fair bit, so yeah, I guess yeah, they're well, both, good, good. both good, both good choices. <laughs> what have you learned from her? Um, I think just um not being afraid to push things out a little bit. So on like the track workouts, like usually my, my um sort of Tuesday or track workout, the goal is to you know run faster than marathon pace. Um, and I'd probably usually do something like eight by a k, but her workouts have been more like sort of um like. 10 12 sometimes even 13k of like pretty high pace like work so sometimes with like jog rather than standstill recovery sometimes the whole volumes come out to like over 30 laps on the track which is mm. like just a lot more than i'd normally do or i'd like set myself but um and i haven't done all of her workouts because i've been sort of fast enough that i can kind of like do about 90 percent of them and just have like a lap off for a breather kind of thing and then we will go rep for rep kind of thing and it's just sort of pushed me up a little bit. And like my Wednesday long run lead up to Berlin, I was doing about 90 minutes, but she usually does two hours on a Wednesday and then she'll do a double in the afternoon. So I was kind of like, well, you know, if I know Lindsay's working that hard, like, you know, what's an extra, just stretching out a little bit more to an extra hour 45 for me. So probably mm. just, I mean, I've, I've been around like other like elite runners before, but I think it's just that, just that reminder to just, you know, be a little bit and she she really does like respect her recovery she um with her coaching she'll take calls at certain times she'll block out certain times and she'll really like recover well from her workouts so I guess it's just that just just you know do a little bit more recover a little bit better just yeah be a little yeah. bit more it's been really positive and she's yeah she's yeah she's just been pretty inspiring to be around cool um back to you Osaka. Yeah. What do you know about Osaka? Why did you pick? Why did you pick Osaka? 
Yeah, so I finished Berlin and then like the week after Berlin, I was like looking for like more marathon, <laughs> more marathons to do. So sort of As went through a, yeah, yeah, I needed, I just like, I, I love having a goal locked in and I wanted to, felt a bit like, I mean, felt a bit lost after Berlin. I was like, I want to lock in another goal. So um, I looked at Seville and, and I thought like going to Europe is just, um, it's expensive. Um, feel like you have to get there about a week before your race to you know get over the jet lag kind of thing and Japan so I thought I'd love to race in Japan it's on the same time zone I haven't been to Japan I first went to Japan in 2007 2008 for Ekiden relays which feels like a another mm. lifetime now so I haven't been <laughs> I haven't been for a long time so I thought it's the same time zone I thought I'd like to um which will reduce travel and cost a little bit um thought I'd like to run something fast um and I saw like Lisa Waitman mm -hmm. ran really quick there last year um and I checked out the course I thought it looks fairly flat um looks fast um doesn't look like there's too many hairpins in it um and I thought I'd rather run in a um a mixed race um because mm. hopefully mm. um where I am there well there, there will be lots of um men and other people to work with because sometimes the women's races um look like they can be a bit lonely on the mm. road so I guess all yeah, those that things and then and then just the process of um, actually getting a start can be really hard. So I was fortunate to get an elite start as well. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my question. That's interesting you say because I was going to mention why not the Osaka women's only marathon because mm -hmm. traditionally that's got fast times. You've got the competitiveness there. So it's interesting to say that you choose a mixed race to have kind of the men around you. So my thing with the men around that, kind of time gaps do you find them nice steady runners are they smooth runners or are they quite surgy like do you get a nice pack you really do. um i mean in berlin i i felt like it i didn't really get a pack because it was like i'd if i sped up a tiny bit i'd go past like 10 people and if i slowed a tiny bit 10 people would go past me i didn't but i know another year like years ago when i did melbourne half marathon i had a great pack so it it just depends on the day and the the race and yeah, the people. It's hard. It's it's there's no there's no guarantee that there will be like a pack to sort of, you know, like almost act like a pacer for you. But I guess even if there isn't a pack, there's always like someone who's, you know, say ten meters up the road or you slow, like, you know, someone's gonna go past you and you can try and tuck in on them kind of thing, depending on what pace they're going. So I guess even if there's not a pack, there'll always be that sort of, you know, that two fro kind of thing that you get in a race. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you feel? Um in men's races, Rachel, do you feel like you're uh, like it's a little awkward with 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 people running too fast and too slow and surgy, or do you uh, prefer to be with women? I was going to say at Valencia, I found I was getting like battered around like a bit, a few elbows and things because I think like there, the sort of like around the time that I was running like mid two thirties, the women are like we're all in the elite start, but then it's the men that like push through the the wave after that to catch up to us so they're kind of coming up to catch up to us and I sometimes feel like maybe the guys because obviously they're non-elite with those times latch onto the elite women runners and then we kind of get bustled around a bit but that was only my experience at um Valencia I didn't have that at like at the Gold Coast it was too thin on the ground when I was when I ran there the same year that Lindsay won actually um and at Melbourne yeah I don't yeah too again too thin on the ground so Valencia is the only real one that I've done with yeah, where I felt like, oh, I'm getting knocked about a bit here. Because mm. I say it really scares me is always the start of the races. I feel yeah. so nervous because if I like know, like Berlin, like, I was like, I was on, like, I think I was third 
like there are only two people in front of me saying on the start line. So I'm aware that there's like, I don't know, I tried to work out the number, but several thousand men who are like yeah. a lot faster than me starting behind me. And I know when that's poorly organized, like there was a 10K in Valencia yeah. and all these people went down the start. The people who went down the start were mainly the women who were starting in front of club yeah. level, like men who are a bit slower than them. And some of them got badly injured because they just got run over and that's always yeah. a mm-hmm. bit of a fear. <laughs> I think yeah. I remember that happening actually. Yeah, and I then, think a few people like yeah. dislocated shoulders and stuff. Yeah, it's mm. it's always a bit yeah scary being, especially like a, a short because I'm only five foot four. So being a shorter woman, a woman at like the front of a pack like that, like you feel you're like even you're shorter. Yeah, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I remember Collis Birmingham going down at the World Half at Valencia, and even like he's a big guy. He'd All be right. like six two, I reckon. And he went down at the front and got clambered over and got spat out the back. And, like, that's a that's yeah. a big, solid guy. I think I have, like, a Simba in the Lion King kind of dream, like when the buffaloes are yeah. running through the stampede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've given away the time you want to run, 3.30s, 3.30. And 2.27.30. That's it. The range, so three thirty to three thirty-five. <laughs> I heard two seven thirty. It is wide, but you're not going to like hit every K like to the second. Mm. So I like a bit of a range. It depends on the day uh, and how you're feeling. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that puts you. That'll. I mean, I mean, if you can pull that off, then we're starting to get into some, um, some, some team sort of territory talk mm. over the next few years. That'll be pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a big goal. I mean, ultimately, I've sort of my main goal for a sucker is really to run a PB to just run faster than I did in Berlin. But I'd, I mean, I'd love to have a crack at breaking like two thirty. That would be a huge goal. Yeah. Real, really, mainly more than anything, a personal achievement. Yeah, two thirty. Feel is like that's a barrier. <laughs> massive barrier. Two thirty yeah. is for women is like two ten for men. I reckon. Even for same. men, I've got some. I've got some friends who they're like, "Oh, I've broken two thirty now. I'm done with the marathon." Like, <laughs> clocked it. Yeah, clocked it. Yeah, done. Okay, better. <laughs> yeah. Um, when do you fly over? Which which day? Uh Wednesday. Um, so Adelaide to Cairns, and then Cairns up to Osaka. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think there'll be a few on that sort of. Um, probably a few on that flight. To be honest, on the Wednesday. Yeah, that's true. There will be. Yeah. <laughs> And then, is that a um, Jetstar flight, is it, if it's going by Yeah, Jetstar, yeah. So there's a Adelaide to Cairns and a, so we can get it all done in one day, which should work well, fingers crossed. Mm. <laughs> then you'll be there for the uh, after party? Yeah, we. Um, I booked a flight home only recently once I got a confirmation. So I'm going to stay on till Friday after the race Ooh. and might go to Kyoto and do oh, some nice. holiday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, you ever had sake before? Sake, uh, not for a long time, but yeah. <laughs> you like sake, Reese? Uh, I don't mind sake. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Rachel? Yeah, I like sake. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. You, you don't like it, mate? Nah, uh, it tastes like petrol. <laughs> oh, it doesn't taste like You just, I'm, I hope you get denied at border security now when you try to enter Japan. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of the um Japanese whiskey. Oh, are you? Big yeah. yeah. They like yeah, strong they... drinks over there, don't they? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They like drinking full stop. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Tara. Well, 
we will see you in Osaka. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you put your um, your, your training runs on Strava because we want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to put follow. the big ones on there. <laughs> yeah, make every Just... scare everyone. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yeah, I do like it. I do like it when everyone else shares their workouts, but I sort of (laughs) appreciate that not everyone does. (laughs) You like to sit in the stands and watch. Yeah, I share half my my stuff, so I'm not the worst. So are you like Rachel? Are you like Rachel? Is yours getting automatically uploaded and then you're doing it? I have my settings set to private, so when it comes up, like I can see everything that I've done, but then if I want other people to see it, then I have to go into the edit and then... um, set it to like share you know you share this with like private or just your followers or public and I usually just set it to my fault change it to my followers so I have it on private so I don't have to like race on there it's like only I can see it and then maybe a few hours after a session I'll go in and make it available edit it mm-hmm. or just right, make it right. so people can see it mm-hmm. it's a whole yeah, nother culture of Strava mm-hmm. it is out there. I've never even <laughs> considered <laughs> yeah private um, private <laughs> Thank you again for coming on. Um, all the best for right. the training. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and all yeah. the best for you guys with your training and preparations as well. See you there. <laughs> Thanks, See you there. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's in for a big one. Yeah. That's a good session that she did. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done a session there where it's really long, steady kind of floats like that? Nah, they're harder. A, they're harder than what they sound, hey. Yeah, because you might do a short float, but like uh, the longest I would float is two k. Yeah, so I'd be similar, and I just did one with Steve Deneen before he did Berlin. I helped him out through a session, and I think he did something like five k float, five k hard, four k float, four k mm. hard, something like that. Mm. And I remember thinking, what's all this long float? kind of fluff but it actually comes back to get you right at the end of the yeah. uh, session and apparently Liam's a big believer in it 30k worth will get you no matter yeah like if you're doing like that's still 15k of marathon pace i mean 15k yeah. on your own is solid 15k straight marathon pace so add in 15k mm-hmm. floats that's a solid one how about we yeah. um do some weeks why don't we kick off reese let's do your week first so oh, right let me pull up your week because I'm going to have a look at it too. Uh, I'll pick just it pull apart. Up my own week as well. You pick it apart, mate. It's nothing to be picked apart this week. It's rock solid. This week's more traditional, is it? Uh, I would say yes. I would say it is. There was potential for it to go a bit haywire, but no, it stayed traditional. <laughs> All right, I got your first workout up. Okay, so up. so Monday I did 10k easy jog in the morning. And then a 14k easy jog in the afternoon. And then Tuesday I did a workout. I did three by ten minutes with a two minutes jog. Uh, and I ran, I, th- I think the first 10 was in 310 pace, and the next two were in 309 pace. So um, oh, it's hard to know. That kind of felt like ideally I'd like that to be around marathon pace, but it did feel quite quick just for marathon pace. I did that solo just along a footpath. Um, on a so, footpath? Yeah. Yeah, Not just even on a road. footpath. No, just on a footpath there. You know the footpath next to Burnley Boulevard? Is that um, yeah. next to the where the, you run the half marathon? Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. So whenever I do workouts along there, I don't run on the road. I just run on the footpath. 
How come? Oh, people walking their dogs and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's people walking their dogs and walking to a breast and things like that. So, yeah, it's probably a good good workout at the end of the day to run those paces through there. Um, that would annoy yeah, me. Yeah, I, I was pretty, yeah, but I like, I'm pretty chilled. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> let people get inside my head. People are chilled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was pretty happy with that, uh, running those paces, and hopefully that's around uh, marathon pace. That afternoon I ran 9Ks very easy. Um, on Wednesday had a bit of recovery day, so 11 kilometres easy in the morning, 15 kilometres in the afternoon. Um Thursday morning, I kind of have my little traditional workout, which people probably gathered by now, where I did a 20-minute tempo, which was at 3.19 pace. Um, then I did two-minute jog recovery into three by four minutes. And the goal of this is to run, like, the tempo above marathon pace, and then the shorter efforts have to be well and truly below marathon pace. So the four-minute efforts were around 2.59 pace per kilometre. So you, yes. what? That's pretty slow for a twenty-minute tempo, for um, like slower than marathon pace. Wouldn't you mm. consider that? That's like a float. Yeah, it doesn't feel that slow. Like to be honest, I was, I was averaging three twenty-one. I was like, I better put a bit of effort in here to get it below three twenties. Um, mm. It does. It doesn't feel that slow. Like it feels like I'm working how I want to be working. Because like, I don't want to kill myself on a Thursday session. Yeah. So you just run to feel and the feel should be easier than marathon effort. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. It's kind of a, a pace that if I wanted to run anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes at that time, that day, I could hold that pace for about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I it ends up being whenever I do these sort of sessions, that pace ends up kind of being my default. If I ever blow up in a marathon, it kind of ends up being my default blow up pace. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing a bit of, no, I'm training my blow up pace. Um, <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, Condition it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. I don't reckon. Damage control. Um, it's like an insurance policy. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's why it allows me to be confident when I go out too hard and know, oh, I've got a blow up pace, it's fine. <laughs> um, and then that afternoon, I did 15 kilometers in the afternoon. In my afternoon jogs, when I'm in Melbourne, I kind of meet up with a few guys, so they kind of tend to be a bit longer than an average recovery run. Hold um, up, Rach. Are you on your Strava right now? Yeah. Are we going, talking about this photo? How about the cute pic? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> And your ice coffee. The... Yeah, I reckon where, it's a where, mango smoothie maybe. Uh, when it? you're in Melbourne, when you – Nah, I've got a lot of comments about is that a mango smoothie, but it is an ice latte. I've um, got a real sad thing to say here, but I've got a little addiction to the uh, ice lattes from McDonald's, the vanilla-flavoured ones. Ah, so you just took a yeah. photo. Did you just give your phone to like your wife or, or, some, yeah. or a training partner and said – Take a pic of me looking real good, just strolling down the street here. Yeah. So what happened was I was uh, leaving McDonald's and I saw myself in the reflection. I was like, you know what? I haven't looked that good in years. So I handed my phone to my wife and I said, I'll st I'll walk right down the middle of this path. We'll get everything symmetrical, and you get this photo and I'll um I'll put it up and I'll that'll be the Melbourneian of me coming out. 
Do you know? I reckon I know why you haven't looked that good in years. It's because you're wearing a hat. <laughs> oh, it's sad, isn't it? It's sad. I know. It's going fast. Everyone just keeps telling yeah. me I should try some pills. Isn't there like some sort of cream you can rub there? Like, or some cream? Or what? R- rub on hair cream. Yeah. I, um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm rec- I'm receding better than my old man. My old man, mate, he was born by, I think, 22 or something like that. Oh, yeah. He had an afro at his wedding. Afro at his <laughs> wedding when he was 19 and then bald by 22. <laughs> it's quite hilarious. That's marriage, though. That's just marriage. <laughs> That's not genetic. Yeah. Yeah, um, Unfo- yeah right. you're right, but I'm showing a bit too much forehead at the moment. Um, Keep the hat on. You so look yeah, good. You look about 10 years younger in the hat. Yeah, I've become a hat person and a beanie person in winter, unfortunately. I'm not ashamed um, of my hairline, Matt. No, well, you're <laughs> anyway, married, you've got on. a kid. Game's over anyway for you. Yeah. You might as well just move into dad life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my kid, mate, came out with more hair on his head than what I've got. Sad thing to say. I might see if I can get a transplant, shave his off and put it on tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that you're afternoon going. after you're that going. session, I did 15K. And then the Friday, I had done a lot of mileage up to that point. So Friday, I decided to do just 10Ks in the morning. And then I went to a brewery and had like a chicken burger and a beer for lunch and decided I didn't really need to go out and run on Friday afternoon because I knew I had a pretty big weekend coming. Um, So then Saturday morning, this was the, I reunited with the Mango Boys down in Albert Park, nice and early in the morning. Um, and we did 20 kilometers steady run into a bit of a fart lake. So I, we averaged 353s for the, um, for the steady run. I d- actually did that in a new shoe that I'd never used before. And that's the, uh, Mizuno rebellion flash Two. Ah, I, yeah. not bad, not bad. It was soft. Like it's quite a soft shoe and just popping along. So that three fifty three average actually, that felt really nice to me. Um, it's actually so I was the very perfect happy. shoe for that, for what you just yeah. did. Yeah, because I don't know if it is an easy jogging shoe. I as soon as I picked it up and put my foot in, I was like, this is kind of like a fast or steady kind of long run shoe. I reckon. Yeah, it's a kind of tempo shoe, isn't it? That kind of yeah, bridge between mm. the two. Have you run on the treddy or, or anything in it, Rach? No, I haven't got a pair yet. I've been meaning to order uh, a pair. So uh, yeah. yeah, I've done I've done a run in it. It's um, I don't think it was great for my shin when I had it because it's a little unstable. You mm-hmm. know, it's got the two columns and it's real, real bananary. Um, but geez, it, it felt like it would be easy to get going if you yeah, just wanted so that up tempo day. Yeah, it has that like race to like unstable kind of sensation, which is why I don't know if I'd do easy jogging in it. But, yeah, for, for that run, I thought it was like like perfect shoe selection, so I was happy with that. So um, um, tell me, you, you changed shoes? Yeah, so then I changed shoes before I then did the fart leg. So the fart leg was five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes, six minutes, five minutes off, 90 seconds, easy jog. So I'd change shoes and I'd put on the Wave Rebellion Pro 2s for that. Mm. Um, and the other thing I did before that session was 
there's like a pretty big hype at the moment around this precision fuel hydration. Everyone seems to be using it. Um, so I decided to trial this hype train and I had one of their caffeine gels before mm. the fart leg. Um, so, I mean, the packaging, it's probably the easiest packaging to open up. Oh, I love of any gel. I love ripping it and it not and the tab staying so, on. And the tab stays yeah. on and it's like easy to rip and gel doesn't come out either. It's not like mm. when you're ripping you're like, I don't want to lose too much gel or you know, it goes all over your fingers and down your chin. Yeah. Um so that yeah, that surprised me. Um Wait, so you had one gel like for the whole Oh, I had another so I had a non caffeine gel of theirs, the precision one, so a non-caffeine one during the 20 kilometers steady just at the 10K halfway mark because we just kind of did an out and back uh, along the bay. Uh, so one gel at halfway, 10K there, and then just one caffeine gel before the fart leg. Yeah. And then anything yeah. during the fart leg? Uh, no. So we have Al who's on the bike and he forces me to put at least water down just to at least practice having some sort of fluid going into my body, but I didn't have any energy drinks going in or anything like that or no um, gels during the fart leg. Um, Will you put things out on the course? No, so we have Al on a bike with us. So we oh, have, No, for, uh, for the marathon, will you use the oh. personal drinks? Uh, so I'll put drinks out on the course, but then I also will carry gels and I kind of just decide on the go what I'm going to do. So if I get to an aid session... Yeah, if I get to an aid station, like I feel like liquid, then I'll have liquid. But then I don't know how other people feel. Like, say Melbourne Marathon, I used the first 5K, 10K, I had liquid. I got got up to 15K and I felt a bit bloated. So I did gel at the 15 Mm -hmm. then went back onto liquid at 20. And I just do what I feel. What liquid are you taking? Oh, sorry. Uh, So uh, traditionally before this, I've just used Morton. Um, Don't. Mm -hmm. It's kind of I don't love it, don't hate it. It's just it is what it is. Um, yeah, Do you I think I'm. A, I think I prefer gels. You don't need to practice mm-hmm. taking the gels and the drinks when you're running at at pace, though. Like so, my most special skill that I have in running is okay. I don't have stomach issues. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm n- never. Yeah, I've never and. Never had an issue. Like I can go eat like a pork roast and have two pints and run home from work. <laughs> the That's your training for it then. Yeah. That is hard so I've work. Done, yeah. So I've done that a fair few times and I felt a little bit off. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm very lucky in that. So I don't think I really am the normal person when it comes to that sort of thing. You have ripped some fast reps here because I'm looking at the yeah. split. Three, 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 two, three, three, two fifty nine, two fifty nine, two fifty three. Yeah, yeah. So we got going. So you, last week you asked me like, "How's my fitness and things?" And I was like, "I'll wait till I get back in Melbourne and we'll find out." So um, this is a session with Dave Ridley and Ben Kelly, and we kind of had the idea of those first three. We'll make sure we're all together. And running around that kind of 303 pace was the goal for those for the first five, six, and seven. And then if you feel if you're feeling pretty good, you can kind of say to Al, who's on the bike, hey mate, do you mind just revving it up a little bit? Um, 
so then that's why I was feeling really good after those first three reps. I was like, mate, can you just get it moving a little bit? And then I think he was just testing me on that last one. He just kept going and seeing what he can get out of me. Wow. And so did the others go with you or were you solo through that through those fast ones? So it was the, the second seven minutes that I, we averaged 259. Um, that, so they, everyone stayed together through that one, but then that one kind of cooked the other boys. So then the six and the five, um, I was just a little bit in front, not much. Yeah. That's impressive yeah. session. You're running very fast at the end of like 40K. Or not 40K, but when were you running fast? How much did you cool down? Um. I think there's probably, 4K. yeah, 5K cooldown, 4 or 5K cooldown, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so the best best session I've done for a long time. Mm, very and good. And the scary part was doing like the first 5, 6, 7 at 3.03 to 3.02 pace and I was like chatting and I kind of, I've never felt that good at that pace. Jeez, those Morton gels. Mm-hmm. I mean, precision. <laughs> <laughs> um. But then with that gel, so I don't know if there is some black magic with it. And I'm not actually trying to sell this gel because there actually is a downside to this gel. And I'm going to tell everyone the downside is that 1 a.m. that night, I was still staring at my ceiling. <laughs> there is no way. It's 100 milligrams of I couldn't get to sleep, man. <laughs> you were so up yeah. and about after how fast you ran. You were just thinking about yourself. Yeah, probably you, your yeah you're probably right. It could have been, yeah. Although the ice latte was the day before, wasn't it? I don't think I did anything rogue that day after that. Mm. How many Ks yeah. for the week? Um, yeah, because the rest of the week was, yeah, I did like a 6K easy jog Saturday afternoon oh, and then Sunday. Oh, sun, yeah. yeah, and then Sunday I did 10 easy in the morning, 10 easy in the afternoon. I did 186 kilometres for the week. Makes me jealous hearing this. Mm. What about you, yeah. Rach? Yeah, much more than I've ever won in a week. Yeah, <laughs> let's sub him out for someone else. Yeah, I reckon I, I reckon I could have peaked too early, but I tend to do this. I peaked too early. But it's, it's good because you got that marathon a week before, so yeah, you're Port right. Ferry. You're right. <laughs> you're gonna run yeah, lucky I'm at Port Ferry. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's an AIM certified course. Yeah, you're right. I might go for it. Yeah, you know when uh. Pe- Oh, see ya. All right, he's disappeared. Good good from you, Reese. Um, geez, 186, not bad at all. And no. a good workout. So yeah. while he's not here, you get a chance to um tell me what you think he's gonna run. Oh well, I think that does entirely depend what happens at Port Ferry. Because he said he's gonna mm. go around at a decent kick. I can't see him going like any slower than I don't know. What do you mm. think? Three he's pretty 30s, dumb. I'm sure he'll run pretty fast down. Yeah, and I think it will it, it it will entirely depend on how how that goes. But if I think if he wasn't doing that, I think he'll safely go under and in two twelve or quicker. Two twelve or quicker. Oh, there yeah. you go, Reese. It's hard to run that. I've tried a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. I think Port Ferry. The advantage of Port Ferry is it might stop me from going out too hard in Osaka because I think Osaka will be very, very easy to go out way too hard. Mm. So that Japanese yeah. element mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, and just my personality and that Japanese element, like, <laughs> ends up in a bad result. Kamikaze style. Yeah, so. Well, we'll good. See. I'm interested. Next, 
we're going to do a run together in two weeks, actually. Mm. I'm not going to yeah, run what's with you the, at all. No, you will you will definitely do you have any session ideas or plans for this because everyone's been hyped i hear it's the open training day with the mango boys and i just want to hear what the workout is mate well i've got my workout that i'm i'm not real um flexible on moving for everybody else if if i got if you come along and go oh we're going to do this crazy thing i'm not going to do a crazy thing with you i'm not going to do it with you anyway there's no point you're going to run 10 to 15 seconds a K quicker. I just looked at that yeah. workout then and thought, oh, we're not going to spend much. No, that workout's an anomaly. I have not been, I don't know where that came from. I've not been training like that. It was like, that was we'll an see anomaly. This, we'll see. We've got two weeks, but we're going to be there on Sunday morning. The date's the 4th of Feb, Precision. We're going to be there in some capacity. So, uh, and then Mizuno, we're going to bring down the Mizuno Rebellion Pro and Flash Wear Test Kit so people can. Can chuck those on their feet um there's going to be a post the main show is going to do a bit about it so you're not going to be able you're not going to miss details anywhere uh they are they are like in a message group i got here let me just have a quick squeeze for it so we don't mess it up too much um or mate oh yeah here we go um set the start time to simulate the racing conditions 6 30 you can put your bottles in around about this is a tentative schedule Round about 6.45, warm-up, 7.15, start time. Autographs with Brady at 9.15. <laughs> oh, jeez. I better bring down some merch for him to sign. <laughs> Do you reckon he'll sign a July singlet? 2.19 guy trying to get autographs <laughs> when there's a 2.13 man there. It's not all about times, mate. It is. That's all I care yeah. about. When you're the mayor of Moema. Is it Moema? Is that how you say it? Oh, who knows? It's a chuka, yeah, when you, Oh, you chuka, is it? Oh, there you go. When you're the mayor of the Brown River, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, now I've got some. Uh, I've got some footage in front of me from your Strava. Actually, you've done well mm-hmm. to post this. Let's go through your week of running mm-hmm. and uh, an injury update, if we if we may. Yeah. So um injuries it's got better but it's just kind of stagnated now so um have decided because it's just not getting better I'm gonna stop running now (laughs) um uh that's after like a week of doing another week of doing a bit more offloaded running and a ground run um so yeah it's it's not not looking good but just just the nature of what it is so, so talk us through it a little bit. The the injury hasn't um, resolved, which means you're still running with awareness slash pain. Yeah, exactly. uh, even though it's improved, say it's dropped from, what, like a five to a two or something like that? Yeah, probably um, even less, to be honest, yeah. Like when I one. first got the scan, yeah, I'd say five to now, like a one to at worst two. Um. And just because the resolution hasn't been like full back to full health, no awareness, it's it's been decided yeah. to take um, proper full time off running. Yeah, um, yeah, because like it got to the point where I've done now a couple of weeks of offloaded running, and maybe like sometimes towards the end the pain goes, but for the most part of it, I'm in like a bit of aching pain. And the few ground runs that I've done, I'm so cautious of like assessing the pain that I, f- I can feel my body tensing up and anticipating it and I feel like my gait's maybe changing a bit 
Um, and I had a lot of stop start with the run walking with my sacral stressy before. And I just want to like give this a, the best chance to heal. Like I'm not really enjoying the offloaded running with it, like aching and my heart rate isn't really getting up high anyway. So I'm not getting a training benefit from it. So just going to like, um, give it another bit of a rest now and just cross train for the next couple of weeks and yeah see what happens after that best case scenario is that like a couple of weeks and it resolves and if it doesn't then stopping was the best thing to do because it if it hasn't resolved with full rest then it wasn't ever going to resolve with continuing offloaded running mm. yeah so, it's a tough one for you yeah sort of real shame now that you, yeah. you get over that massive injury and yeah. something else has popped up even though it's not as serious but it's still yeah. cutting into your running yeah yeah I don't know like it's just it, it kind of it feels unlucky but obviously they're related like obviously having that time off um means that like I just wasn't perhaps ready for as much load as I put in when I returned from injury um so yeah just got to be a bit more cautious and probably just introduce a bit because I'd gradually phased out the cross training before when my mileage was creeping up but it's probably something I'll need to keep in in the future um I think a lot of this stuff like once you start to go through like injuries and things is just trying to like test a bit what can your body tolerate like I have some friends that have said like a few years ago they would have done double runs and higher mileage and after a string of injuries like they've said they just wouldn't now do that anymore and it's just trying to find out where, where's the balance of what you can do with your body after you've had a couple of setbacks. Yeah, I, I remember there was like a, sh a sheet getting around. It was like a return to run. I think it was, a, mm. I think it might have been an MTC sort of return mm -hmm. to run template. And it was, I think it was zero to maybe four or five weeks and you're back at near on proper mileage. And it, 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 it seemed really aggressive. And a lot of people, had a crack at it and um i'm not sure it, i didn't i don't have a copy of it or anything but it um it, it it seemed pretty pretty um like aggressive at the time yeah. and then and, it, and some people pulled it off I yeah i was some, about to say i think your history of running contributes a big uh, like yeah. big time of that. like if you can easily tolerate 140 yeah. 160 k's a week plus intensity and then when you got injured, you were doing 180, 190. It probably doesn't take much once your body's healed to jump back up to say 140, yeah. 150, 160 mileage again. Yeah. And like my, someone, yeah. Yeah. My mileage history, like my first, the first time I ever ran over 100K was like October 2021. So like really not that long ago. So yeah, having had a period of a few months without running and not having had those like, years and years of mileage in the legs means that I just yeah have to be a bit more um probably slow building back into it so yeah because that's something that a lot of people forget about is like chronic load so like a lot of time on your legs actually builds resilience yeah um but you just got to find where where is your chronic load like where's your optimal yeah. chronic load and yeah it is very different for every single human being which mm -hmm. is what makes I guess running training and this sort of thing interesting in a way yeah yeah, so is there, just, is there anything that you can do in the downtime now to uh, get you back quicker or is it simply a matter of just being patient? I think it's more just being patient. Like, I don't know, my physio and sports doctor both said, you know, you can go hard with like massage and stuff. So I've, I've got like a couple of massages the week before last, but um, 
I've now paid a small fortune for some orthotics. So hopefully they will make a bit of difference. And like my podiatrist said to like, because obviously I'm on my feet quite a lot for work. So he said, wear them like all the time because all, all the pronating that I'm doing, even when I'm not running is contributing to the load on my tibia as well. So it's just me doing small change like that. Like I'm still like continuing to eat probably as many almost as many calories as I was when I was running like 120k because yeah when your body's trying to heal you, you need that energy too and obviously I'm still cross training as well so just trying to tick off all those boxes have Have you considered um like gait retraining yeah so I actually um for my partner I um for his like his Christmas present I've bought him like a voucher to see the balanced runner I don't know like a lot of people have seen this guy and like people some people like really sing his praises and say like yeah I was I've had this hamstring problem for like all my life and then I saw him and now it's gone so uh I don't know I was thinking about maybe going along as well um once I'm back to jogging um the the most I've ever had done is just someone like film me when I'm on a treadmill um my apart from like that slightly pronating in my feet which I think most runners do anyway I'm a midfoot striker and I probably have quite an, a wide arm carriage but other than that I don't I don't do anything really untoward I don't know I never really watch myself run though so maybe I'm saying that and I look a bit I'm not sure you're you think you're a midfoot striker hmm I don't have well, to look at think? some footage I can't like I'm trying to picture when I've seen you running but Geez, I'd have to have another look at it because I remember thinking that um, I remember thinking like when the Rebellion Pro 2 came out, I thought, okay, this, this shoe might not suit someone with a strong rear foot strike. And then I thought, someone like Rachel. <laughs> now, don't be offended. There's nothing wrong with rear foot striking. 80% of the world does it. But I remember mm. thinking at the time, I'm like, that's the kind of gait that might not gel well with that shoe um mm, no. i reckon it's worth having a look at i reckon yeah i'm not totally off the mark here but um it'd be interesting to see and and also mm. being like running for 10 minutes very different from being at the the hour mark of a run yeah. as well yeah that's a lot of people midfoot strike for five minutes and then all of a sudden yeah. it's very different towards the end um yeah yeah so when you do a gait analysis is there anyone out there, is this balanced runner, are they doing gait analysis under fatigue and also fresh or is it just kind of like some strides? Like how, what's I don't know. I don't, like, I don't actually know a great deal about how the assessment works. Um, Bec because yeah, I've, I've, been I've, yeah. I've been a lot of injuries come of when you're under fatigue, yeah. right? Because it's when mm -hmm. you're under fatigue, that's when your body's under a lot more stress and there's different abnormalities and things like that. So it's, yeah. surely it's got to be done under fatigue. Um, I don't think I don't think that's a practical way to do it for most yeah. people. For most practitioners, like, say you go to yeah. a physio for some gait retraining, you're not going to have someone run 90 minutes and then come in. Well, maybe you yeah. could, um, but I know Paul. Like, I've been to Paul quite a lot, and it's definitely not under fatigue. He looks at like, yeah. uh, like you basically don't run at all. You just go and look at your movement patterns, like across mm. short periods. You don't warm up or anything. Um, mm. And then, but it's an interesting question that because I was talking to Jordan Donnelly, he works for On, and mm -hmm. he does a lot of the footwear testing yeah. over the course of a 30K run rather than just like intervals yeah. when everyone's yeah, fresh. So they want to look agree. at real, like the data that the, like 
they're getting from the shoes at the 30K mark, 35K yeah, yeah. mark of a marathon. Um, and I'd say it sort of should apply as well to, to an athlete's gait too. Yeah. I like that because sometimes, you know, in a long run or even in a race, you get to 30K and you think, geez, this shoe just feels like it's stiffened mm-hmm. up or I've lost the pop yeah. or, geez, it's just feeling horrible all of a sudden. So I do like that concept. Yeah, it gets sloppy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. concept. Um, this lever, like, sorry, Rachel, we did, we kind of skipped ahead from your, um, your week at falls. How was the week at falls? Did you love it? It was good, but now having been there for a week, I wouldn't, if I was injured again, I wouldn't go. Like I went, I was injured and we couldn't refund the accommodation anyway. So I was just like, oh, I'll still go. But if that happened again and we had it booked, then I probably would be like, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. Because it was a bit boring just going and seeing the same four walls of like the tiny gym um mm. every day while everyone else is running but did you, but did you have good. a crack of that cow in no so i first of all i agreed to it before i knew what the distance was and then um jules said it was like 29k and i was like jesus christ and then i thought about doing it on the wednesday and i woke up and you couldn't even see a meter in front of you and like i easily would have cycled off the mountain so huh. i just did not do it I'm That's pretty sure the person that had pretty sure the person that had the KOM. Now that you mentioned her name last week, Moose, I'm pretty sure she won the Tour Down Under. She did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she won the stage or she won the climb that day, and I'm like, where she... do I know this name from? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same. Yeah. And then I thought, what did we say? Top twenty, and I was like, oh, that, I don't think so. I, no, I looked through the list and like, there's there was no way I could have cycled at the pace that those people were nah, cycling. There's professionals on that climb, like all professionals, probably for the top hundred. <laughs> uh, oh well, we'll get you there maybe next year. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to know more about your job because that's something yeah. that we haven't touched on, and I reckon there's some good stories about this. So you're a doctor. We've said you're a doctor, but, I mean, there's a lot of people who are doctors out there. What, yeah, you, know, you, like, you could have been doctor. a doctor who just studies rocks or something. We don't actually Chiro- know. Are you a, are you a yeah. real doctor? Yeah, and Chiro- are you a real doctor? <laughs> yeah, I've got a Bachelor of um, uh, Medicine and Surgery. So, yeah, a medical doctor, but not a PhD. Yeah. Did you do that in England? Yeah, so I did um, medicine at Nottingham University. I actually did, I did graduate medicine. So I did an undergraduate, I actually went to Loughborough, which is like a big sports uni, but I wasn't really sports um, so much then. Um, So I did psychology at Loughborough. And then I worked for a couple of years as like a nursing assistant, because I thought about studying graduate medicine. So I was um, studying for the exams and I worked, did one year working in a renal dialysis clinic and then one year I worked at a sexual health clinic and then I got onto the course at Nottingham and I did, yeah, it's a four-year course because it's slightly quicker because it's post-grad. Wow. So how long have you been at uni for total? I did three years undergrad and four years post-grad medicine, so seven years. Seven, Jesus. What's the undergrad, just six years? Undergrad is five years, but if you want to, you can do an intercalation. So you can do an extra year to get a Bachelor of Science or whatever, and and that would be six years. So I already had the bachelor's and then did four years. So it's only a year longer if you do it the way that I did it versus doing an intercalated undergrad. So can so what's a, what sort of doctor are you now? Like do you do, what do you work? You work at the hospital? 
Yeah. Oh, emergency. Okay. Yeah. You're an ED doctor. Yeah. So do you work at ED out in Ballarat? Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, that's sick. ED would be (laughs) mad. What's something? Yeah, give us some load. uh, Obviously, patient confidentiality here, but like. Yeah, you don't need to name names, but let's hear some good stories. You got skulls being cracked and bones opening through skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get, yeah. yeah, you get like multi traumas, and um, there's a couple of like Ballarat has three resus bays, which is where the sickest patients go. So you get obviously like multi traumas from around the region here. Um, but yeah, like I guess the kind of standard things that you'd normally see in ED it can be anything from someone not being able to get into their GP and they've got a rash and they just want some treatment for it, or it can be like mm. a car crash or people mm. with stuff up their butts. Like, oh, yeah. I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was the I mean, one that I wanted to know about. <laughs> so my my older brother's a urologist, so that's a, so he's a penis and bladder surgeon, and um, he used to do on calls and get called in when people had put stuff up their urethra. So that's the pipe oh, that drains through the penis. Damn. And he used to keep them in <laughs> sterile pots on a shelf in his office, all the things. And he called it the, the museum of foreign objects. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic! Oh. Yeah. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, doctors, you know. get all the good stuff. Um, yeah. Sickos. It would got, be yeah, pretty draining, though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. I mean, it, it can be pretty, like, it's more when, I mean, it's always busy. So it's more when the patients, are, they can be quite, like, shitty mm. to you sometimes. Like, they, they mm. get annoyed, fed up with the wait times, and then they, like, um, reflect that back mm. on you and, like, the nursing staff as well um so, so yeah and so, like some patients like can be real assholes like we had a guy here who was medically cleared to leave but he didn't want to so he yeah. shut the bed oh he was like, you can't make me leave if and i can like he literally covered the bed in shit that's, that's not like, gonna help yeah <laughs> lucky you get paid a fortune mm. oh i don't know about that yeah <laughs> Uh, so what makes so, you work out at Ballarat, not just like in one of the Melbourne-based hospitals? Because like, that yeah, travel so, travel that you're doing, surely that's tiring as well. Yeah, so, I, so I'm like doing what's called locuming at the moment. So I was working like in a full-time job in ED in Melbourne. I worked at the Austin um, in Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. And then um, I worked there for two years after I moved to Australia. And then I switched to doing locuming, which is where I pick up like flexible shifts so any areas in basically in the country that need extra staff I go in and like cover those shifts it's basically means I can pick and choose what shifts I do um and the pay is slightly better than if you work like in full-time ED department um so I changed to doing that um it was just before I started training for Melbourne because I wanted a bit more flexibility to do training and now it just works better with like normally when I'm in a full training load I can yeah, manage my shifts around either races or traveling for races and also around like if I have a big session, I can choose like not to work that day. Um, so, yeah, I do like probably I probably average like because they're 10 hour shifts, like three shifts a week in ED. So that's 30 hours. And then I also work part time for a, a football team, soccer team, um, which is well, it's supposed to only be about half a day a week, but it ends up being a bit more. I probably probably do about eight or nine hours for them a week. Do you see them at your like at a at the club or at a clinic somewhere yeah so I that they have a clinic in Amy Park um so I usually do I usually cover the matches so I've covered all the home games that are in Melbourne um and then match day plus 
two days like if any players have any issues and they need to see me then I'll run like an injury clinic out of Amy Park so some sometimes like some players like don't need to come in but some if I need to assess them and organize scans and things then I'll see them in Amy Park and organize scans and then we also have like a weekly team meeting between the physio the coach um like there's a head of performance and kind of catch up on all like the chronic injury management of the players and a lot of stuff that I do is all the all the pre-season assessments. So all the players need um, up-to-date um, ultrasounds of the heart and ECGs because they're very big on ensuring that there's no um, cardiac abnormalities before people start playing football because there's a higher like incidence of cardiac arrests in um, football than other sports. And also concussion assessments is another big one. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So you've, you get access to your own MRI. That would be handy. Uh, yeah, I still have to like obviously book in, but like it, it is good. Like when I had this, uh, this this one I got a private MRI because I just wanted to get it straight away. But um, like my the guy who's my sports doctor is the doctor for the men's. So I work for Melbourne Victory top, uh, soccer team for the women's team, and he covers the men's team. And he's pretty good about like helping me out with um, if I need a referral for something, he can help me out. And my partner's also a um, a surgical doctor, so. He can also write me a referral and things like that. So it helps being able to get stuff like that done a bit quicker. Yeah. All right. Wow. We should, if you're injured and we're not getting a lot of running, let's talk about what people have shoved up their ass each week. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good content. Well, let's hope I don't get injured anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, a week. We're going to have to give you another challenge. Hopefully you do it this. You haven't done the wrap and you haven't ridden up Falls Creek. Mm. What have we got, Reese? Chin-up challenge? I don't know, mate. You're the, aren't you the former king of Ballarat Don't you? when you know what there is to do out there? You could swim across the lake, down oh. the rowing, down the rowing um, what do you call them, lanes? Yeah. Be a good That'd time of year for that, actually. The, weather, the water would be pretty warm. I didn't bring my wetsuit with I didn't actually bring any swimming stuff. I need a wetsuit. <laughs> I don't have any goggles or anything. Don't need goggles. Is, is, is there a sports is does Ballarat have a sports store? Yes. A sports store? Yeah. Like a, a sports rebel store, sport yeah. to buy some. Where you can um, go buy some models. goggles and some swimmers. Mm. I can do it. Yeah. I'm coming back. I'll have to go back for a soccer game on Friday and then I'm coming back. So I could do it next week if and then All right. bring my next week's good. All Let's right. do this then. Let's get you on the um, chin-up program. The chin-up program. The challenge this week, What? how can, How many chin-ups can you do? And when I say chin-ups, I don't mean like the CrossFit chin-ups. I mean like can you do a, a chin-up, like a, a full? No, zero. Zero. The well, how about <laughs> the challenge is one. That's it. And you'll be able to get it by the end of the week because it's more a technique thing than a strength thing. Am I allowed to jump? Like off the ground. To Absolutely not. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like you go to the gym. Do they have like an assisted chin up machine that you can you can train mm, on? I'm not sure about because I'm gonna sign up to a new one here, so I'll find out. But yeah, see. I'll look into it. All right, I'll give you the bicep. Like it's easier to do a bicep one. I'll pay that. That's your little out. We're gonna need video footage of one chin up by the podcast. Come on, it's got to be at least two. It's got to be at least two. Mm, she can't That's do one. Double. So you're increasing the challenge, but you're doubling it. Yeah, one. Oh, yeah. But you have to. It has to be from out to up. It can't include a jump. Yeah. All right. All right. Done. 
Um, I'll, I'll talk about my training now because I know you guys are just hanging on on your hats to hear that. Give us the magic, mate. This is the uh, well, there wasn't the a lot of magic himself. this week. There wasn't a oh, lot no. of magic. I was tired oh. this week. I was real tired. I, I hit the middle of marathon training and uh, everything was a bit of a, a, a struggle. So Monday I did two 8K runs. That's how I do it. I recover better doing it like that. Uh, Tuesday Any pre- I ran it. pram running there? No prams? No pram. The pram's gone. Pram is gone. That's not, um, not going to get me where I need to be. So I, I did an hour on the Tuesday morning and I took my phone because um, I knew that I had a phone call. Uh, Kane Corns on his SEN show. I think it's called The Morning Show or something. But he um, called up and talked about Pat Tiernan for a little bit. So it was good. He, likes, he likes to have like a little um, segment of, of athletics, which is really cool, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was good that, that he's showing love there. And um, we talked about that. We talked a little bit about Osaka and, and, and the, women's, the women's marathon team. So, yeah, on the um, air, I only had one message from a bloke I hadn't spoken to. Well, a, a guy I hadn't seen since high school. He sent me a message. That was pretty fun. But uh, I'm not sure anyone listens to the radio anymore. What Next point run. you make from high school do is he's not in jail, is he? yeah uh he's an old school footy boy so that's Uh, that's why he's listening to cane corns on the radio yeah yeah i jogged that evening got that in before dinner somehow um and then wednesday morning had a session at the track the weather was fucked for this session it was proper wet like it doesn't say here how wet but it was probably like 20 to 30 mil we got that day and it like torrential rain. I woke up, it was actually fine. And then on the way in just started pelting down. And then you rock up to the track car park and everyone's just sitting in their cars while it's torrential yeah. rain. And you're like, who's getting out to start this warm up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not fun. Uh, it got yeah. pretty cold actually, cause we were so wet and we were jogging slow for the warm up. But mm. once we got back, uh, it was, it was kind of a big session, did 15800s with the um, goal to be a little quicker than we ran the 1K reps where we ran, I think we did 10 of them. Um, we did 10 1K reps about a month ago. And so I, I, we went 15800s. We took two minutes rest in between. The idea was to run these a little bit quicker than uh, I would have done in the past. That's So I gave myself a little bit more rest. Um, the, the group which is call it Ali's group because there's two guys that are training to sort of run with her and she's training for Osaka too. They were supposed to go at 74s, so run 228s. And I was going to try to run it um, anywhere from 220s to 224s. And the first lane one, lane one had puddles in it that were like 10 mil deep. So half your shoe was going underwater. Uh, it was it was disgusting, really. It, it, all the tracks dirty, so like your your backs covered in dirt. Your mm. your shorts are sloppy and slappy, and I didn't enjoy it. Put it this yeah. way, I didn't enjoy it. But it was one of them ones. The paces get were done. good, though. Paces weren't bad. Paces weren't bad. And what happened was, I I gave the group in front about 
three or four seconds. And so I chased them down each rep. And then I did the first seven solo. And then I had um, a friend, Matt, he jumped in and covered me for the last seven. And he would sort of do a 400 or a 600. So he would get me up to the group. And then I would have the group to run around and with. And it just makes it so much easier. And like just having people around you in the same session, knowing that everyone's feeling the same as you, it just takes the edge off. Like Mm. it just makes it so much more um, doable. So Mm. paces were, first one was 225. That was a full-on sprint. And then it all got a bit easier. Yeah. It's amazing how that always happens, isn't it? The first yeah. one in those sort of sessions, you can never judge your session by the first um, rep. Oh, yeah. Nah. yeah, it is when you Do get reckon old. reckon that like, gets worse? Yeah, I was going to say, is it old? Like 100% is old. 100%. Mm. Like I need to do a, I think what I'm going to do before the marathon is I'm going to go and do like a 3 or 5K sort of semi-tempo just just like out the mm. front of the um, Not a bad out idea. Front of the start line. And just so yeah. when the gun goes, the problem with the, these races, Osaka, like they put the the elite field just before the uh, main field. Probably there's like mm-hmm. a, a flag up or like a, a rope up, and they get you there so early. They're so mm-hmm. organised that you have to be there early. So you might do that, and then you'll just stand for 15 minutes, and it's pretty cold, and there's nowhere mm-hmm. really to run once they put the rope up. So it's not mm-hmm. ideal, uh, but mm-hmm. we'll try to work something out. Uh, felt good get finishing that workout. Like, how's this though? Tell me your thoughts on this. One guy, he runs with the group ahead, so he's running two twenty eights to two twenty thirties the whole time. Mm-hmm. Then I, like, second last rep to go, I catch the group in front, and all of a sudden he tries to out sprint me down the down the front mm-hmm. straight. Yeah, yeah, well and played. Then, then, <laughs> then the last rep decides to hang back a little. So he sits off the back group and goes, oh, I'll catch them. But he still goes in front of me a little bit. So he doesn't mm. run with me at all. And then I pass him and then he wants to try to hang on. And I'm like, hold on, I've already given you two seconds here. Plus you've just run 14 reps at fucking 2.30 pace and now you want to have mm. a crack at the title? Yeah. I don't know about that. Maybe you should host like a track etiquette or group session etiquette session at your running store, mate. Oh, Mate, I educated him after that. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, poor I bugger. gave him a lesson. He probably quit, get... probably quit, quit running and went and bought some <laughs> swimming goggles. <laughs> I gave him a little uh, in-person, in-person lesson on track etiquette and, and, and session etiquette. And his coach was there too. I gave him a little spray as well. So oh, so it's different. Yeah, okay. So you're control not a fan of like last, 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 rep, last mm. rep heroes, I should say? I'm fine with that if the person's done the session with you. If someone's mm. jumping in and out and then they want a last rep hero, if they haven't done the whole session, that ain't mm. on. Yeah. If no. someone's running yeah. the slow group and then come to the fast group for one rep at the end, that ain't on either. Yeah. Yeah. That's some real uh, big hero type. So, so what's this what's this group set up? If you've got so you've got athletes from different coaches and you've all come together, have you? Yeah, we're all sort of yeah, pretty much. Um, everyone now, uh, not all run strong. There are a couple of, there's one that, um, runs with, they've got a coach from run to PB. There's another guy who's got a coach from a local coach. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then there's some that don't have coaches 
and then they yeah. just show up and have a run. Um, yeah. But mainly run strong and, and yeah, it, it's a good setup because everyone's training for a soccer and we've sort of worked everyone around. So Matt, who's coming back, who I coach, I selfishly give him sessions where I'm like, you're just coming to the track and going to help me out for a <laughs> 12 laps. <laughs> and he, he does well. Some, some athletes, you'll find that they actually do better when you give them a, a task like that where it helps mm. someone else. Uh, yeah. if, if that's the kind of way they're wired, then they'll perform better when it's in the interests of somebody else rather than their own interests. Um, yeah. Did he do but, team sports when he was young? Yeah, he's cricket. I think he played cricket for Australia when he was a junior. Oh, well, there you go. He doesn't want to let the team down. It's yeah, been drilled no. into him since he's a kid. Big team, man. Very different mm. type characters than the runners that grow up through junior running the real, or like you, cycling, real oddballs, like in their own <laughs> head from a young age. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Too much time oh. spent by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I was team sports till I was 18. I was on the hockey field. Oh, yeah, 18's about a cutoff. Mm. What about you, Rachel? I did like a little bit of netball when I was really young, but otherwise, yeah, swimming and then... Yeah, Oof. that's pretty much it. Swimming and two red flags. Two red flags. Swimming is a whole nightmare. I mean, you studied psychology. You would know. <laughs> yeah. All right. I I'll just have a going. quick comment about your session. Do you? So yeah. So it's actually got nothing to do with the actual session itself. <laughs> but to all the British, Dutch, Scandinavian northern european listeners to this that have just heard listen to you complain about doing one session in the rain for this entire marathon block mate i reckon they should message you and tell you to harden the f up well my retort to that is all i see right now is people on treadmills in europe so like they're inside i see blokes in norway running around indoor tracks you got ingebritsons on treadies Mm. They all go to yeah. like Spain and Portugal and mm -hmm. France, all these really nice spots. I don't know about this. Yeah, I'm so not seeing anyone up, hard running up there. Oh, yeah, 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 I reckon you're right. Yeah. I lived in I lived in <laughs> Oslo. Actually soft. Sorry. I, I was just gonna say I lived in Oslo for six months. I did part of my medical degree there. And I have to say it's easier to run in mine dry, minus fifteen degrees there than it is to run in, like, wet, miserable one to two degrees in the UK. Oh, yeah. UK looks terrible, yeah. actually. Yeah. That, that looks used... like the worst spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I reckon for two years, every Tuesday night, we'd start our sessions at 7 p.m. and during the winter, just be drizzle rain every Tuesday yeah. night in the dark yeah. from 7 till 9 p.m. in the drizzle rain, just getting it done. Wet shoes, wet socks, wet everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, does, it toughens you up. I'll I'll pay that for sure. Yeah. But Especially you're right. The there's not. Yeah, but you're right. There's nothing nice when it's torrential rain like what you've got, where you got ten mil of puddles and stuff like that. It's just disgusting. Lane one was a full puddle nearly the whole way. And when your shoes start to feel dense from water, mm -hmm. that is the worst. And they squeak, squelch or whatever. That is the worst. So what happened was my I was wearing the Alpha Fly and I have the 11 and a half and I have the 12 and I put the 11 and a half on thinking it's the track. I can, mm. I can actually run on the track with a tighter shoe better. It's not like I'm out there for 30K. Mm. And mm. because it got so wet, 
my foot started sliding a lot and it was slightly yeah. short and my big toe got absolutely hammered and I couldn't yeah. put weight on it for two days afterwards. It was just oh, so shit. sore. Yeah, yeah there's so much pressure under the nail. Like it needs, um, it needed to be released, but the, the nail is about three generations of nail. So it's, oh. it's really thick. Uh, <laughs> so there's no way I was getting a pin through that. Um, yeah. Well, you know yeah. what the old school footy boys do? They crack a bottle of beer, mate, get a sharp piece of glass and, you, and warm it up and bang straight through your nail. Yeah, well, I've done that before. I've heated up needles and, mm. and gone oh. in. But yeah. like one time I went too far. Oh, and I've never done it again. Oh. <laughs> that stopped me from ever doing that. <laughs> this is like a doctor's worst nightmare. <laughs> what is the way to do it properly, Rachel? I've done that in ED before, the heating a needle. Oh, to, really? The hole in it, yeah. They teach you that yeah. in medical school? Huh? They teach you that in the classroom? No, I don't think I think I got taught that in ED. Um, because it depends if the mm. nail, if the actual base of the nail, like the nail bed is injured, then um th- that would need to be like repaired with like stitching. But um if it's just a hem like a hematoma or a blister under the nail, then yeah, you just pop a hole through it to let it drain. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> I um I I once got one drilled out at the podiatrist, like they full they mm. get a drill and he drilled in. God, mm. the relief you get. Mm. The relief, it's like very nice feeling yeah. um yeah all right i'll move on that's not that's enough toe talk uh so jogging 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 more jogging a bit more jogging and then we did a workout so we got to sunday uh around 30 so this was a this wait actually friday last time i went to japan i had to have three boosters or i had to show results of a negative COVID test at the border um so this time around I'm, and i didn't have the three shots i only had two so it was a real nightmare trying to time the test to be like valid when i got to the border and all this shit so i thought i'll just get the third jab and i'll be fine um to get in so i got that on friday and saturday i got nailed with like fever fatigue I was pretty sick. Uh, like it, mm. it really knocked me around. I, I had headaches and my arm, I couldn't lift my arm up like past 45 degrees and it's still got a massive swollen section. It was, I, I hadn't had that with any of the vaccines since, like before, but this one, it, it put me on my back. Mm. So I, I was a bit unsure about Sunday morning. I woke up feeling fine, just a bit flat. Uh, the workout, 32K steady. It was 32 to 34, depending on how I was feeling. And about 200 metres into this, I knew it was going to be 32, if that. Uh, so I'd done 28 at 321s on this same sort of route a few weeks ago. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll get 30, 32, 34. This will be pretty easy. Uh, but it wasn't easy. Um, I, I started off, I had Bree on the bike with me. So she had a little um, speaker. We got a bit of music going. She was giving me drinks. I actually had the – I'm moving away from the drink mix. I'm just going to do gels on the day, I think, mm-hmm. because I'm struggling with, um, uh, like, gagging on the, on the syrup mm-hmm. mixes that I get. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking the best way is to take a gel and a water bottle at each 5K. 
and I'm going to alternate gels, but this one I tried the Precision 90 gel, which is like the sachet gel. So it's got yeah. three gels in one sachet. So you, you don't have to open a gel every time. You just have to take the lid off and yeah. suck it, and then you can put the lid back on and you're done. Um, it's pretty practical. The only problem is carrying it. Uh, yeah. Ideal for a bike, but running is mm. a bit trickier. Um, and then I did chuck the caffeine gel in there, and I'm going to alternate with some pure gels as well because just to break it up a little bit. But one thing I had was the precision chews. And I've had these little chews. They're like little tubes, 30 grams of carb for one packet. They were some of the best tasting nutrition product yeah, I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, I've had them. Can you swallow them while you're running? No, I didn't take them running. So I had them beforehand and I had one oh. after. It's like a Turkish delight. It's, yeah. It is delicious. I've had all the others. I've had the pure ones. I've had the SIS ones. I've had the uh, cliff shot blocks or whatever they're called. Yeah. And they're all sickly. This one, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, what am I eating? Mm. And yeah, that's what is I like. Many, is it one, one chew, 30 grams of carbs? Yeah, there's like one chew that are together. So it's like two chews in one packet. Yeah. All right. If you can you chew go. them while you're running, that would be ideal. But I'm not sure That'd whether I could do that. I'm not a good chewer. No. You swallow um, better, dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the workout is um, went uphill for a bit. I had Sammy Williams. He was doing a threshold next to me, annoying me with his surging and knowing that he only had 25 minutes pushing the pace. That was a lot of fun. He was doing 25 minutes and I had two hours. So he's like got no issues running a fast K, just sending me over the limit early. Um, so I got three. I'm not going to read the splits out, but started relatively slow, um, then went down a downhill, and I just like I I just felt shit the whole way, like pretty much the whole way. I was having no trouble last time doing this running three twenties and thinking I had the brakes on, whereas I was running three twenty fives and that was a feeling pretty quick for me on on a k uh i got to the 24k mark and i'd kind of talked myself out of stopping a bunch of times because of how bad i felt and then we ran past the car at 24k and i thought oh just get to 30 get to 30 and you'll feel better and um then i started to improve a little bit and i was running out and back and i i i kind of tricked myself because i just kept running out and I knew if I had to keep running out, then I would have to do the full distance. And so I, I just did that. Uh, and in the end, I ran downhill to finish and I was able to finish a little bit quicker. So it was 325 average, 32K. Didn't feel great. Uh, so we'll just put that one into the books of, of history of training. And I'm sure it will uh, in, increase my mental fitness for the day. But yeah, it didn't feel but, too good. But for what you were trying to achieve out of a session like this, right? It's not race pace. So you've gone into it, you've had the COVID vaccine, you've got still got side effects from that. You're doing it at the end of a, a decent week of training, like you're under fatigue, like you're probably still physiologically getting out of that exactly what you want. Like does three twenty ones from last time compared to three twenty does it really matter? 
It doesn't matter. Like, You're right. Other, and other than other than for your head being like, oh shit, I should have progressed by now. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. One of the one of the I think the biggest um, myths in marathon training is that you get be- like you can do longer, harder, faster stuff as the block goes, but I don't think you can. I think the the first two weeks of marathon training are easy because you've spent all this time running fast beforehand. You're doing VO2 max sessions, heaps of threshold. You might be doing track races. Then all of a sudden you're running slow and and you're not that tired because your mileage hasn't built. Your long runs have only been a bit shorter and easier. And it's like, this is easy. I'm fucking smashing this. And I'm all, and you're also at a point where you're thinking, how fit am I? Maybe I could run this session a bit quicker and show myself I'm mm. fitter. Maybe I'll make yeah. this one look good. And then yeah. all of a sudden you've run 321s for 28K and you step off the, the road and think, I'm flying. And mm. then a month later you, you're like tired, you're beat up, you've got a few little niggles. <laughs> and that third, four more K slower feels three times as hard as what it did a month ago Uh, and and i reckon i forgot that i forgot what marathon training was like yeah Um, i reckon it's probably a blessing and it's probably a blessing that you suffered early on because you know that mm. you still just got through it used your strength it's you're just going to get really good gains from it it's not like you've gone out really really hard and actually blown up in a session or anything like that like i reckon you'll be surprised the bang for buck you got from that one I, I had to go back and look at other build-ups and see if I'd had this type of thing happen in the past. And I did actually have this happen. I did a workout in Ballarat and um, it was the same session, I think. I think it was only 30K though. And I blew up in it and it, like both Collis and I, we both blew up in this session. And I, I like, um, I finished and thought, oh, this isn't going well. And then two weeks later, came back and had a really good one. Same yep. session, but a little bit longer and a lot faster. And I thought, okay, like, don't stress it. And I'm yep. too old to stress those things now. Like, yeah, exactly it's, right. it's just move on. Um, and you know what else was good? I knew Ali was doing the same session in Adelaide, basically by herself. And there was Will. He was out on the road at the same time as I was, just behind me at 10 seconds a K slower. And I thought, fuck, if you pull out at 24K, and they yeah, go and do nice. 34k. <laughs> you are not going to hear the end of this. <laughs> did did any of them do 34k? I yeah, bet you Ellie did. They both. Oh, they did. both did. Yeah. Of <laughs> and now I'm thinking, I'm like, I could have easily done two more k. You could, <laughs> but I couldn't at the time. After 300 meters, yeah. you said you couldn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to put put in a um a little a uh, sponsor's note here. Complementing the Wave Rebellion Pro 2 is the Wave Rebellion Flash 2, combining Mizuno's performance foam with speed, smooth speed assist technology and a nylon plate. Sitting in that do-it-all category, the Flash suits up-tempo running, tempo sessions, and faster long runs. I reckon we chatted. We already did that earlier on. Jeez, we nailed that, didn't we? I didn't even know that was coming. <laughs> That was good. I, I actually agree with that. I'm going to take that shoe out this week sometime and have a jog in it. Um, yeah. Now, got some questions. I've got a question Ray- for you before we go anywhere. Oh. What's this bullshit of having beat Reese at Lake B on the bottom of your screen? <laughs> it, 
it gives me a, like a title option. And I thought, this is the title people care about. You don't think so? No, I, I can't say anything, mate. I think we've gone gone head to head once and you got me, so Yeah. Really? I reckon <laughs> you've smashed so. me about fifty times at cross country, but I'm glad oh, you don't remember that. I totally <laughs> forgot about that, yeah. I'm glad yeah, you but, don't remember. <laughs> nah, but I don't want you then. I want you at the peak of your powers, mate. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, and that the like the marathon. Brady, he mm. beats me every single week. He's beaten exactly. me like fifty times. And he's yeah. never beaten me in a marathon. And he, oh, uh, he's you real poor, you should, Yeah. <laughs> this is going to get real interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I Who do you reckon? Because Brady's doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. What, what are your thoughts, mate? You, you boys, do you reckon you'd be right on each other? Yeah, I do. Oh, because he's geez. about 50 times fitter than I am, but he's, he's, <laughs> he doesn't know how to run a marathon. <laughs> he knows how to run 220 really well but he's a 216 guy that hasn't run it yet mm. if he gets it right he runs 216 but i just i don't know the runs so are really on the board so what happens you hit the 30k mark the packs of disperse is just you and Bra- you and brady together and you're on for a decent time do you boys help each other or is it like nah nah no nah. i'm in his head not happening i'm trashing yeah, his head <laughs> i'm starting to him I'm like, how you feeling? How you feeling, big fella? Remember this yeah. in Berlin, 2017, when I put two minutes into him. Oh, that um, poor bugger! I gave him my drink that day as well, and he still blew up. I want to um, ask a question now that you've got that question out of the way, Rachel. The the lever. Do you rate it? We've got to listen a question. Do you rate the lever? Yeah, it's good. Um... Obviously, like your gait changes slightly when you're using it because you're kind of suspended from your your hips and where the cables come, you have to like stretch your arms out to miss um, arm swing in front of the cables. But I think, I don't know if like if you can afford it, like my friend, I'm pretty sure she got sent it for free by the company, I think. So like as a gift. Um, So it's like a great resource for her to have. And it's like I'm very grateful that she's lent it to me. it's certainly like a more economical option than the Alter G, but obviously you have to invest in that purchase yourself. But definitely, like you definitely, because I've switched from running with the shorts on and with the cable on, and then I've tried just a few minutes afterwards, like, because it feels like you're not really offloading that much weight until you actually offload the weight and you're like, oh, mm, yeah, wait yeah. A yeah, yeah. It feels, I've done the Alter G run a couple of times, mm. and that, like, going from, whatever 80 yeah. percent to full load it you You're feel like, so heavy and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's wild yeah i it i ended up buying one of those uh what are they called shit zero runners they were and they were like an elliptical but they had more of a running motion um yeah as a cross training tool and i was thinking that uh maybe this, the lever would be a good thing to invest in yeah yeah I mean, the thing is, it's hard to know, like, to invest in when you're not, when you're running well, like, mm. should you invest in something like that? Yeah. See if you can get one for free from the company. Oh, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, question for both of you. What's the kit looking like for Osaka? Do you guys have a uh, Mizuno kit lined up? Are you, got, are you in the Kakazomi's? 
no it's the it's the pro tube I've, I've only seen pictures of it it's a pro tube it's in like a i don't know if we can talk about it's a different colorway to the current um commercial colorway oh what color are you and a kit a kit that matches oh you got um, a matching kit well yeah do you not remember they showed us the pictures of this when we met for that coffee in richmond remember tom showed uh, us like the screenshot of, like yeah like um, yeah, so I reckon like a, you can announce it. There's there's pic, there's pictures all over the internet, Moose of oh, the color. I don't know. Yeah, is it white? So yeah, no, no. no. It's, an, it's, it. an Asa, it's an Osaka colorway, like it's specific oh, okay. to the Osaka yeah, cool. and it's like a limited release shoe that um, is associated with the race itself. I imagine they'll have some at like the expo and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. do you know? And I'm not sure whether you're aware. But Mizuno have a short, a pair of half tights that improve your run economy by 2.4%. No. I'm not aware of that. That's not a joke. That is no joke. Do they joke. really? I went there last year on this trip, right? Mm. Went to the R&D building, the Innovation Center, and mm -hmm. they, they, they did a presentation on it. They're like, we tested the college runners using the same protocol as how we test shoes for economy and they said these shorts gave a 2.4 improve percent improvement in compared to normal shorts and oh, have they come I'm out like they've come out over there in small batches but mm. they're very hard to get they're not cheap they're like 180 bucks i don't know about women's i think they're unisex actually Okay. They are unisex because I had trouble finding my right size at the expo. Um, oh, you've got a pair. I got a pair. Yeah, I bought them. Yeah. Like, they good. Bought them at the expo. They, I love them, but mm. no one like over here. We haven't had them. So, imagine if you could market a pair of shorts at two point four percent running economy improvement. What's the What's the science behind the way that they improve the economy? Like, I. How well, the lady who ran the study, I did hit her up about this a bit because I was pretty skeptical. And mm. she said it's she thinks it's to do with where the panels are and how they stabilize the muscles because they're quite high, they come up near your belly button. Um, mm. they provide a real strong sort of support through like, like your waist, so like your glutes, your stabilizers. Mm -hmm. hammies and they come down near your knees too so they're pretty long tights quads mm -hmm. and i think the mm -hmm. idea is that they prevent muscle fatigue or something along these lines but she was adamant she's like we did the studies same protocol as anything they they there was like a i'm going to send you guys a link after this to the actual yeah. like mizuno have a marketing like they did a new press release around it and stuff and you said like like a scientific paper about like how they controlled for other variables like like how was the i'm interested to know how the testing was done and they're, they're claiming it in their marketing so you would think there would have to be something behind yeah. it or else they get in trouble i'll send it to you later because i sent it to the on fella and when mm -hmm. he was there he went and got a pair he couldn't believe it. Oh, really? like, oh. what they were well no he couldn't believe that i was what i was telling him like you guys aren't believing what i'm telling you <laughs> he's like you're bullshitting me um uh i don't know if he's worn them or not but he definitely went and got a pair himself he's cutting uh, them up and trying to make a, another version yeah yeah is there a Copy certain that. speed you have to run to get the optimal 2.4 percent it could be 40 no k's an hour 
I was thinking it could literally be Usain Bolt. Two point four percent is like a super shoe. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So don't be afraid to go to the expo and invest the day yeah. before. Yeah. I'm going to get another pair. I might put two pairs on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good from you. Um, <laughs> all right. So we don't really have any news this week, unfortunately, crew. Like not really any races this time of year, is there? Don't need to cover the, cover the uh, big milers. Actually, I did hear a rumour this afternoon on my run that um, so what happens when you put the Vic Milers on, you have to sit through O race all the way to A race. So you're, you're sitting down for a good, what, eight hours? And I heard that someone pulls out the form guide, gets his notepad out, <laughs> is looking out for talent scouting. One Julian Spence sits there for eight hours sipping on a cup of tea doing his scouting report. Is this true, mate? I watch a lot of Vic Milers. From I watch when the sun's out and it's midday and you've got six-year-old boys running against 80-year-old ladies. Yeah. And and I watch what happens. And I don't know why, but I'm intrigued by it. And do you know what the biggest shock was? I was watching H grade the other night and on the start list, one name, Jeff Risley, unattached. And I'm like, no, there's got to be another Jeff Risley. I'm like, no one's watching this. This is a, like four o'clock in the afternoon there's no one at the and you got to and you got to watch the jeff risley run jeff risley i'm seeing him on the start line and he's literally against kids and i'm thinking <laughs> what's going on here and the race goes off and he starts dead last and he's about 400 meters in he's about three meters off the back of the pack and there's a pack of there's probably 18 people in this race I'm thinking mm-hmm. what is what is happening like what am i watching and then he slowly creeps around and I'm like on the treddy watching this at the time. I'm thinking, getting excited. I'm like, go, Jeff. <laughs> Beat that kid. <laughs> You've been to the Olympics and you run 331. Take down that fucking 11-year-old. And he didn't win, but he comes storming home and he was gassed on the finish. He ran 412 or something and totally um, gassed. It's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. It's bizarre scenes. What a good scenes. man. What? That's good yeah. of him to get out there and have a crack. Love 40 seconds off his best in a 1500 meter. And he's uh, retirement hasn't like, been pretty. Yeah. No, I don't know. He looked pretty good. As he come charging home. Maybe he's, he's just out there. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was going to pace his fr- friend or something, but not nah, three yeah. meters off the back of 400. <laughs> so, so this is why you watch it because you're hoping for this pot of gold that just comes out yeah. where you get yeah. this. <laughs> that made it all worthwhile that did all worthwhile very uh, good all right you guys back at work this week apologies i've got the week off so i'm going to be recovering and um prioritizing training rachel's yeah, got to I... do a chin up Jeez, that's yeah. a pretty easy challenge for you that is a very easy Not challenge Reese you got to, to start uh, static hold. Like you cannot have any momentum before you begin. You got to be hanging there statically and then lift. Okay. I'm not giving her this easy. She has done a, one. She's before. got a she's got a sore shin. She's gonna be able to do a chin up. <laughs> well, by the end of this series, she'll be doing ten. Yeah, Maybe exactly. that's in Osaka. You've got five weeks yeah. to do ten. That can be the thing. Maybe that can be your party trick after, like it drinks afterwards. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe. Find a street Just sign. Okay, um, <laughs> Reese, you what are you doing this week? Big work. Yeah, I'm back back at work, so it's a long weekend. I'm heading up to Bright for this long weekend. So I'll do a Wednesday session and then the Mengo boys, we're gonna to get together on Friday morning instead of Saturday this week. Okay. Yeah, because right. I'm because I'm heading off, so I'll get a session done Friday morning, then drive up to Bright. Beautiful spot up there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, crew. Well, we right. will see you all next week. All the best. Right. Cheers. Have a good week. one. See ya. The Inside Running Podcast Road to Osaka series is powered by Mizuno, committed to making marathoners faster for now and the future.